phone call as soon as the bloody podcast starts. You better answer <laughs> on the pod. Oh, I already hung up. It was dad. Oh. Doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this. He went. <laughs> <laughs> no one does a better unintentional Chris Scott impression than Sam. <laughs> I, I think it's unusual to see a to see a team control the game statistically and, and still not have come away with a win. I mean, yes. you, you're a man of the world. You've clearly seen a lot of things that I could scarce, scarcely imagine or comprehend. I've seen a man's head blown to pieces before. Jesus Christ. Sometimes you need to bring in head explosions to really drive home the points that this is serious. Yes, yes, absolutely. I couldn't take it more seriously. You're the first caller ever, Wayne from Warren Ponds. Welcome to the Chaps Chat Cats. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's an honour to be uh, the uh, the first caller, guys. Uh, while we're on the subject of uh, of the podcast, and you guys being just uh, just absolutely stand up blokes, yes. you're a pack of bloody morons. All right, you're a pack of morons. Just off the top, can we finally acknowledge that I finally put together the perfect intro? Was it different? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake Botel, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Johnny the Whiplark. And how are you, Johnny? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty bloody fantastically good. Got it. Gonna have to say that. Change that nickname to Johnny the Mustache Larkin. Look at that thing. It's filthy and brown. It's delightful. Are you gonna keep it? As they say. Probably. Yeah, nice. See what happens. See how I feel. <laughs> See how the mood takes you. Um, now, yeah. we, we may or may not be joined by our usual third chap, uh, Sambo. Got some uh, parenting. Uh, uh, just is doing some some A-grade parenting right now. And so we're, it's, it's just touch and go really to see whether he's a late in or not might come off the bench at yeah. half time we'll see how we go um we might bring him in as a medical sub that's right he might do a quentin narkle <laughs> yeah come in bring dominate. in the clearances bring, get, dominate uh dominate us both and <laughs> bring in the good stuff yeah uh, nothing like that um all nothing right like a bit of domination in the halfway through the game <laughs> Bringing out the good stuff. Um, all right, <laughs> it's awesome to jump in the pod. Um, if you ha- oh, obviously the last time you and I were just uh, on our own together in the Zooms, we were doing the emergency react podcast uh, at midnight a few nights midnight. ago, Friday um, night or Thursday night. Thursday night, maybe for the the AFLW side making those big signings yep. of um, big, Claudia big signings and then- Rachel Kearns, Olivia Fuller. Monty. Monty. Monty Kearns. Monty. Monty Kearns. <laughs> John started the movement. I like it. Um, I have. Got to get it caught up. Uh, someone's got to, someone would have had to listen to the uh, emergency pod who's got some form of contact with the uh, AFLW side that can say that uh, a Monty, when she arrives in Australia, whenever that is. Monty Kearns. Read it around the girls that Monty Kearns is on the way. I like it. I like it. I like this narrative that we're creating. <laughs> Hashtag. Absolutely. Yeah. Monty Kearns. Um, all Monty right. Monty Kearns. Now, let's get into some uh, numbers. Let's have a look. Are you going to do the nicknames this week? We're going to go the nicknames I'll, or are we going to I'll just... give it a go. Give I'll it a give crack. The, um, 
<laughs> I'll give it a crack. See what happens. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Will will we'll, will we give it an? Will we give it a? Uh, for the ones we really like and a disappointed for the ones that we don't what do i reckon yeah all right let's go uh, I, I like this it's it's a lot of pressure now all right a lot cool of pressure. i know you perform best under pressure so let's go um jim matheson jim matheson was the first recorded cat that i could find to wear the number 26 obviously we're honoring the guernsey numbers of different cats uh, as we go along. So tonight, the number 26. Um, so he wore it in 71 games from 1920-1924-Jim-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-Matheson-
I feel like it's someone from the midfield. Ah, you're incorrect. <laughs> I'll steer oh. you right. Ah, oh, it's Tommy Hawkins, isn't it? Yes, you got it. <laughs> and we don't really need you to come up with a nickname because we already call him Oils, Big Oils. Oils? Yeah. Or eyes too close or... <laughs> Like oils is oils is good. Big oils, like it. Um, and he is oil machine. Worn it two hundred ninety five times and amassed six hundred and forty odd goals in it from two thousand and seven to two thousand twenty one. Quite the career. He's a, a well oiled machine <laughs> this year. Oh, Johnny, just absolutely in <laughs> cracking form. Um. I- <laughs> Uh, in the AFLW, Maddie Boyd wore it for the number 26 in 22 games for the Cats from 2019 to 2021 after stints at Melbourne and GWS in 2017 and 2018. Not sure if Maddie Boyd is currently listed with the AFLW team heading into 2021, uh, 2022 mm. or not. I'm not sure. I thought I saw some news. Maybe she wasn't. But anyway, she has worn it 22 times for them in the last three seasons. All right, Johnny, let's get into the so, game. So. AFL men's competition, uh, week number 19, the Cats travelled to play an away home game against the Richmond Tigers as the AFL continued to pussyfoot around home and away fixturing integrity. Um, and the away side did not disappoint. Uh, it was a sloppy affair in terms of the efficiency of disposal to begin with. Sloppy both, arm wrestle. Definitely a sloppy arm wrestle. Um, both teams applying plenty of pressure. Uh, for the home team, Tigers, uh, winning or losing this game meant that they would either control their own fate or be destined to see what other results felt their way in the run for the finals. But, Johnny, they were wasteful around goal kicking one goal to eight in the first quarter to the visiting Cats, three straight 18 at the first turn. Myers, Hawkins and Stanley all goaling for Geelong. The second quarter ret- uh, continued. It's a bit of a sloppy arm wrestle until Geelong suddenly burst away, booting five goals in 10 minutes to blow the match out to a 51 to 10 scoreline at the half. Radigalia, Dangerfield, Rowan and Hawkins twice all finding the big sticks as the Tigers managed just two behinds for the term. With the game all but gone, the second half was goal for goal, really, as Richmond, I mean, literally goal for goal, I think, as the Tigers attempted to put some respectability on the result with the visiting Cats team quite happy to cruise along in third gear and occasionally crank up to fourth in order to respond to the Tigers' surge. Each team kicked seven goals uh, in the second half, but it was the Cats who were able to return to Geelong uh, with a 38-point victory, a margin that really flattered the Tigers, and four points. And with the satisfaction of knowing that they have hammered a gigantic nail into the finals coffin of the reigning premiers. Johnny, your initial thoughts on the game? Ah, sloppy, sloppy arm wrestle at the start. Mm. really was. There wasn't really much... Going either team's way in that first 10 minutes, really. The Cats got a pretty easy goal um, about five minutes in off a poor Trent Cotchin kick, trying to clear it out of 50. Went straight to Brian Myers, who 
snapped a pretty easy goal. And from there, not, not much changed throughout that first quarter. Richmond had plenty of opportunities to capitalise, but they they missed some easy set shots. And the Cats, you know, did what they did, held them off. Defence held up extremely well, you know, his first two quarters. And the forward line worked very well with um, Rowan coming back. He didn't play his utmost best game. He was fairly quiet coming into this game. He got a goal, which was good. A goal off an excellent Radigalia tap in the third quarter, I think. Mm, saucy. And saucy. It was very saucy. <laughs> the rat knew he wasn't going to be able to mark it, so he did the rucking work in forward and it was a pretty darn beautiful tap down to, I think it was close or Grimeyers who got it out to Rowan who snapped another good goal. But yeah, it was a, it was a pretty intense, fun first, second quarter. Third quarter was really exciting and Richmond was sort of having a fight back and the Cats sort of had to lift their game again to into that fourth gear to really fight, hold them back. But then that fourth quarter came around, you could just tell the Cats had done enough. They knew they'd done enough and they just went into cruise mode. Mm. And as the Cats normally don't like to win by huge numbers, most games, especially when they know it's done and they know the other team is not really going to be able to bring on that extra push to really challenge us when we're that far ahead. And when they needed to, they did just step it up again and kick a goal just to get that scoreline pretty set around that 40-point mark all game. And, yeah, it was a really professional outing by the Cats. It was really good to see the Rat kick four goals. Mm. One of his best games. He's been getting better and better each week. It's good to see Stanley also have a fairly good game in the ruck. He did some good work. I'm not sure what the the stats say, but I feel like he had a really good game against Man Curvis. 25 Danger. hitouts for um, Stanley, and the Cats won the hitouts 44 to 25. Oh, so Stanley and Blitz and Hawkins really did do well in those rucking. Even Jack Henry was doing some rucking at some points, which was Mm. interesting. There was a very professional, well-oiled machine. Dangerfield, again, was playing out of his skin. Did some excellent tackles, excellent runs, some poor runs going for goal. That was play one where his eyes lit up and he forgot he had other teammates out in the open. And got tackled. That was a bit silly move by Dangerfield, but apart from that, it was pretty much a, a flawless game by Patrick Dangerfield. Um, great marks, good goals. Selwood had a few good moments until he was subbed off with an injury, mm. which hopefully will be back next week. Um, the defence again. Well, let me keep Rewalt and Tom Lynch to what four goals between them. Mm. And a lot of cheap um, ones out the back at the end, too. A lot was. of cheap ones, yeah. yeah. And they only really got the goals in those last two quarters where the Cats sort of relaxed, relaxed a bit and weren't really pressuring them as much. But when they were right on them, they were all over them. Like, never hardly heard Rewalt's name 
barely heard Lynch's name. Mm. Oh, and matter of fact, you barely heard Richmond's forward line. Um, they were struggling to get the ball down there. And when they did, it was very haphazard bombing, not much control, not much direction going in, whereas Cats were a lot more clinical. And you could say, yeah, Richmond had a lot of outs going into this game. They've had a lot of their premiership players out, but mm. it doesn't matter, really. Like if, you're, if you want you're to be good one enough, of those good enough. that dominates for as long as they want, then you've got to have that depth to be able to bring those players that can support you. And you do have those big names out there. They obviously just don't have that depth yet, which is something that we see a lot happen with these big teams that they get a core set of 10 players, but they forget to rotate in these other young guys to give them a chance while they've got these really good players. Hopefully it doesn't happen with the Cats, but I feel like we rotate young guys in and out fairly well, and hopefully they get that experience on the training track, but you never know. It's almost two decades now, I guess, where Geelong has shown, you know, the, the the depth that they have, you know, and the ability to to find a way to give give, you know, um, experience to young guys. And, and I think another thing, you know, that's not, I don't know if it's underrated, but more more than uh, perhaps giving guys match experience, it's it's more. I think the Cats develop, you know, have developed a lot of those players, you know, really well, and. Really, they've invested mm. in free agents as well and trades. You know, they've brought in ready-made yes. talent. Um, and and look, I, I get too yes. that like I, th- I think the the Tigers do have a genuine case to say like, uh, w- they would have been more competitive with with you know different players back no, in and different yeah. players healthy. But absolutely, the thirty-eight points really flattered them. But they were soundly yeah. beaten, and they've been soundly beaten really in two games this year by Geelong. So I don't think that those players back make the difference. I still think they go zero and two this year against the Cats because they're just, the, the, their footy hasn't been as good this year. No, no, no. Their footy has been way off their best. Mm. I mean, I thought we saw bits of the best against us, but that was only in the third quarter when they got that run of three goals. Mm. when they're really, really surging it through and doing that Richmond thing, but that only lasted 10 minutes. And then it was back to the Cats just took control again and took that run off them and really dominated. But, yeah, it's be interesting to see what happens with Richmond because they've got a fairly easy run. Well, you could say easy run home, but the way they're playing, it could be a lot tougher. But that's going to be a really interesting run between the Giants, Bombers, and Richmond because I think they all play each other once yeah. or does... Giants and um, Richmond, I think, play in the final round of the season. Could, mm-hmm. be, a, could be a finals game, and I, essentially. And I think they Richmond play Essendon as well. So it's going to be a really interesting spot to watch that time. Mm. Eighth and seventh, ninth, tenth place. It's going to be yeah. a fun few weeks the last four weeks it's gonna be interesting i think cats are pretty much set top two top well definitely top three mm. well definitely, i mean they've, they've sure. got that that you would think now you've got the double chance locked in with where with where they sit you know like it's gonna it would have to be a things are gonna to have to go drastically mm. wrong for us to finish outside that top four but 
And I think we're set. That's what you want. You just want that double chance. Yeah. You're even if you don't get top two, you want, you know, like presumably if the cats don't finish top two, you'll probably have the dogs and Melbourne top two, mm-hmm. in which case you'd be traveling to the MCG, which you'd be traveling to if you'd finish first or second. So it's 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 all yeah. you don't probably want to finish fourth because that might mean an interstate trip at some yeah. point, depending. But but even fourth, almost no matter where we we finish it's likely yeah. that we'll be playing in melbourne so it's it's yes, in or there definitely. um some stats for you johnny from the game and then some other sort of talking points to get your opinion on uh the cats outdid the tigers 386 to 331 in total disposals uh disposal efficiency was the cats way 73.3 percent to 71 percent inside 50s went the cat's way 52 to 46. And a lot of this would have been a greater margin as well. If the cats hadn't played the second half in third gear and the tigers had, you know, really yes. got, got desperate um, efficiency inside 50, 46.2% to the cats, 39.1% to the tigers hit outs. As we mentioned before, 44 to 25, the cat's way clearances, 42 to 34, the cat's way contested possessions, Geelong 143, the Tigers 117, absolute smashing there really um, in the contested footy <laughs> tackles. The Tigers actually shaded this 60 to 56, but the Cats led that category for most of the afternoon. Again, it was that second half where the Cats shifted down a gear, um, where the Tigers sort of found their way back. And, and I think this is sort of indicative. The tackles inside 50 was 10 to 8 the Cats way. And marks, 98 to 79 Geelong, inside 50 marks. Uh, sorry, marked inside 50, 14 to 8 Geelong's way. And contested marks, 9 to 3, all the way of the Cats. Um, just, uh, I guess, first of all, the, the, um, the pressure, Johnny. I thought the Cats, you know, brought a lot of great pressure, um, made the Tigers sort of second-guess their possessions. You had Dangerfield, who laid 8. Parfit with five, Dalhouse four, Myers four, and obviously the 10 tackles inside 50. What did you think of the, the, the pressure that the Cats have brought, not only in this game, but in this season so far? Uh, you can definitely tell there's a whole mindset on that pressure, on that tackle, not really give up on your player. If you've got a chance, you'll pressure them. And obviously other players do that a lot better than... Other players, like everyone, can't apply the same amount of pressure. Mm. But when you see Dangerfield and Parfit really chasing after him, playing big, heavy tackles, it's always mm. really good to see because they can lead the way for the others to also join in. And it takes another thing off Selwood's shoulders because he used to be that one that was always mm. laying those really big, heavy tackles. But, yeah, it's just been, a, I think, something that they worked on during the off-season and they brought it in this season um it didn't really happen early on in the season it was a bit mm. but you can tell as they've got further into season work together a lot more that pressure's just crept up every single week and yeah it was it wasn't easy for the tigers they were nearly under pressure for every kick and they also brought a lot of pressure as well they put us under immense pressure and i think <clears throat> it was Another time they may have cracked us. We may have cracked a bit under pressure, but I, th- I thought that 
the cats were pretty professional and we're all there for each other that no matter how much pressure the Tigers put on, there's always someone there to back them up and just be there in the defence or a bit further back just to give us a handball or just watch how- the Tigers got out and then we just cut it off every time. And, yeah, it was the pressure was pretty immense by both teams, but I felt like the Cats were just on top of how- it a lot more. How 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 good were the hands by the cats around the contest? Oh, so good. It's probably the best I've seen them use their hands. Mm. Not panic. It didn't ever really sort of play a panic under pressure. Like, there was a lot of times I was going, "What are you doing? Kick kick the ball!" Yeah. But just sort of work it out. And then, and the other really good thing is they're not afraid to go back, work backwards into the defensive fifty, go all the way back to the goal square, nearly, and then just mm. work it out. That's another thing that if other teams did that, if an earlier John team did that, may have brought on pressure and might have, you know, had a fumble here, but mm. there wasn't really any many much fumbling by the cats. It was all slick, well controlled, well maintained, and well and withstood that tiger pressure really well. And on the other hand, you could see the tigers again were just succumbing to that pressure that the Cats put on them. Like earlier in the season when you saw Tigers drop a lot of easy um, marks, mm. a lot of drop marks for the Tigers last time. This time they held on to a nice bit better, but then they just couldn't move that ball nearly as well as they normally would. And there was a lot of times when they had easy opportunities to get out, to fumble the ball, miss the handball, get tackled, mm. not be able to retrieve it. Yeah, the cat's pressure was immense for the whole game until yeah, that fourth early late third quarter where it was like, yeah, let's just step back, let them have a bit of fun. Yeah, we don't need to do much more. We've mm. done all the hard work. Let's just maintain, which I feel like they do really well, just maintain that control. Yeah, absolutely. And and I feel like a big part of being able to set up that control was when, when the game was sloppy to start with. Um, I, I thought that, you know, a massive key to Geelong being able to take a lead early and then hammer home the advantage was set up by the back line. Like, um, uh, yeah. I, like Richmond's defense actually held up for quite a while where they had held the cats to just three goals through one and a <laughs> half quarters, but their forward line couldn't break down Geelong's defensive structure. Um, and that, to me, eventually proved to be their undoing. Yeah. And I just thought guys like Tom Stewart, Jack Henry, Mark Blixarves, Jed Buse, Tom Hawk, uh, Tom Adkins, rather, Collar Jasney, like the whole back line was just absolutely ruthless on the weekend. Yeah, wasn't it? And it's like we've said it many times, that no matter how good your defensive, defensive team is, they only can withstand sustained attack for so long and that's what happened to Richmond's defense they were holding up really well like they were intercepting marks Mm. they were getting filling those holes really well in that first early second quarter Mm. but then you could just tell the cats just kept getting in there it was just getting too much and the cats were just working it out radically and Hawkins were working really well together Mm. and you could just tell the Richmond were just getting a bit tired a bit spread out bit worn out from the constant inside 50 attack by the cats and also doesn't help when it does clear it goes into your attack and then you just see it come 
back mm. into your defensive area again. And that it does wear you down. And that's what happened. And when you see one's team defense just dominate everything all the time, it's, yeah, there's not much chance for you to rest up and reset as well as you could. And yeah, that's mm. what happened to the Tigers. They just couldn't reset. They couldn't get the energy back as quick as they would like because mm. cast defense, again, as they say, the best offense is uh, excellent defense. Mm. So, yeah, yeah and, uh, absolutely. And, and Jack Henry too, like just specifically. Oh. Um, uh, although season. Like Rewalt ended up, he kicked two goals, one had five marks, I think about 17 disposals or something. A lot of that came came late when the game was already mm-hmm. won. Like Jack Henry grabbed six marks, seven intercepts, kept Rewalt quiet for the majority of the afternoon. I, I just thought he did an outstanding job and and dominated, you know, uh, one of the game's best key forwards. Especially after a six-goal haul the week before, mm. you're becoming a lot of confidence after that for a key forward, and then to have that, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a knock around. It's a bit of a heavy thing to take, but yeah, Jack Henry, he was just he just monstered Rewalt all day. Didn't mm. really give him a chance. You could see it when he kicked that last goal after the siren, looked up the scoreboard, and was like, ah, oh, shit. Mm sort of dropped his head a bit and knew that the final chances were pretty much nearly done. So, yeah, that will be interesting to see how he comes back next week, Jack Rewalt. But, yeah, good one, Henry. He's just been having an out, outstanding season along with the entire back line. He's so versatile, Henry. Like, he <sighs> just he can do so much and they've swung him around. It seems like he's more settled back there now. You know, down down yeah. in the back line. Um, but you know, to start the taking, season, they swung him around a bit. But yes, and now Tui's sort of taking that role. He's yeah, that's true. Man. Mm, very true, and seems to be relishing it. But yeah, it was that whole defensive unit though. It's it's hard to think of a team that can is going to be able to break it down successfully for a whole game. Because I don't think there's many that would really be able to do it with everyone firing at the rate they are. It's a scary prospect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wanted to talk a little bit about Radagalia. Signed a new deal. Um, We talked about that on the last podcast. Uh, Signed a new deal and really, to me, punched his critics in the face on the weekend. now, the numbers are interesting. He grabbed three marks and kicked four goals from just six disposals. Um, he had, as you said earlier, clever taps to his teammates up forward, laid a couple of tackles, and one of those was inside 50 and kicked beautifully from the set shot and on the run. Uh, what did you think of Radagalia's game? And how do you feel about him now? You're like, I mean, we've been sort of supportive of the whole yeah. endeavour, but what, what were your thoughts about Rat coming out of the game? Oh, just bloody outstanding game. Mm. Definitely one of his best. I, I thought last week, week's game against Frio was a glimpse of what he could do and mm. he nearly got a lot of 
should have got a lot of goals last week, but just couldn't clump those big marks. And then this week, you saw what he's really capable of, and he's just going to get bigger, stronger, a lot more, hopefully a lot more athletic. And he he really loses his feet mm. in a contest. You really see him go down. He's he's always lands on his feet really well, even in a tough contest. But yeah, he just crashed the packs, caused those crumbs for the young guys, mm. uh, young players, uh, small fours to come in and just snatch it and kick goals. He did done that perfectly. Great marks, good, great use of the body as well. You can definitely tell Hawkins been working with him a lot on where to position his body. I thought he looked a lot like Tom Hawkins in a lot of his positioning. Mm. But he just, you know, got in front and you brute strength the guy out of the way and took great. Those three marks were pretty much Tom Hawkins-like marks. Mm. And, yeah, it's just a fantastic game. It was really good to see him do it and on his 50th game. Mm. And after signing a two-year contract extension, it shows Cats have faith in him. Uh, Chris Scott's, I'm pretty sure he's one of Chris Scott's favourite players, mm. which is not bad to have. You know, you're going to be <laughs> hearing good books when Chris Scott's coming out and saying he, he really mm. likes you. And, yeah, I've, I've always been a big fan of him. I've, I've always thought he's brought a lot of energy, a lot of really good energy, a lot of um, happiness to the team as well. Mm. And a lot like, of just... He's 23. Uh, yeah. People have to give him time. <laughs> You know. Yeah, and as, as we've said, you, big guys take a lot of time to develop. It's not like a small forward like Close, who's mm. you know, he played a couple of years and playing really good football. You can't expect everyone to develop at the same rate. It's going to take time. Like Hawkins, he was mm. the same. They'll, they'll bring it up. Um, I think it was just near the final bell, the John Katz official podcast. Mm. They'll say that Tom Hawkins. Was in a similar spot radically, or is at the moment? Mm. And look, look what happened to Hawkins. Yeah, so, and I, I think too that like I think people have got to treat them too as slightly different types of prospects. Mm. Like I think, you know, Rat to me can do so much more athletically. He's a different type of player. He's closer to a Nick Nat than a Tom Hawkins in a sense. Yeah. And and so, you know, there's he's really dynamic and it can take you a while, I guess, to work out what the full extent of your powers are. And he's still figuring all that out. I was just having a look at Hawkins, you know, across his first few seasons, he played nine games in 2007, 10 in 2008, um, kicked what uh, 12 goals in year one, 13 goals year two, 2009. He had a bit of a breakout, kicked 34 goals, 17. Um, then 2010, 21 goals he kicked, 27 in 2011. And then since then, he's had his run where he went 62, 49, 68, 46, 55, 51, 60, 56, 49, 45. Now, Rat doesn't play the same sort of role and he's playing in a side with, with Tom Hawkins. You know what I mean? Where Tom Hawkins, yeah. you, you're the fourth mouth to be fed in a way behind Tom Hawkins. Jeremy Cameron and Gary Rowan. So yeah, absolutely. It, just give him time and he brings so much else to the team and it's just going to take him some time to work it out. And we got a yeah, glimpse absolutely. though. We got a glimpse. 
we've got a fantastic glimpse of what he's going to bring to the team and what he's going to bring to the team is something special, something exciting, mm. something really that I'm looking forward to. And yeah, but as I said, I've always really enjoyed seeing him play and I was really excited on his first game back this year. And mm. I, I don't think he's really disappointed much. No. At all. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, get off his back, let him do his thing. But that's right. It doesn't look doesn't look like he takes any notice of that at all. Which nah. is something good. He seems like a pretty chilled guy, pretty happy dude. Yeah, no, he's but he's he, got a got a new dog. He's got apparently. a new dog, John with the inside stories. We've got some breaking news guess, here. Guess what he's called him? Johnny uh, on the breaking news. The pet, the pet report with Johnny Larkin. <laughs> what have you yes. got for us, John? He's um he's named his his new pet after one of our our co-hosts firstborn. Really? What's his yes. <laughs> Bear. What? He's named his dog Bear. Interesting. Good omens. Yeah. Good name. Good omens. That is your uh, breaking pet news report from Johnny Larkin yes. uh, on the street. Radical, yeah. Got a dog called Bear. Nice. I like I it. I thought that was funny. Uh, that's, that's beautiful. That's interesting. Nice. Yeah. Pet news. I like it. We cover everything pet here news. on the Chat Chat Cats. Um, he was chatting to uh, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins also got a little lab. I think they both got labs. Oh, wait, so have we got more more breaking pet news? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. John, John's now making things up. Like, he's just adding. Yeah. He's going to add to the pet. Oh, it's all on YouTube. Like, you can oh, check it out okay. on the, uh, the roaming sav. <laughs> um, so, lastly, I think the, there was a big conversation we were going to get into, but I think we might save it for another podcast because it was Sam that floated the uh, the idea of, you know, Guys like Narkle, Radagalia, you know, what is Geelong's best 22? If everyone's healthy, who gets in? You know, do, how, can you fit mm-hmm. Radagalia in the team if Cameron Hawkins, you know, Rowan, et cetera, are healthy? Can you fit Narkle in the team if Higgins, Selwood, mm-hmm. Dangerfield, Menegola, Guthrie, Duncan, et cetera, are healthy? But I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, exactly, Isaac Smith. I, I think maybe we'll leave that. It'd almost be good to do a whole podcast on that if we can find time um, to do like a mini episode yeah, or something. Not a mini episode, but you know, a thirty to forty minute talk where we just talk about talk about what the best twenty two might be. Maybe we could do that in the um, the the bye week before finals. Yeah, that I reckon be that'd be a good good idea. Good one to uh, talk about just before the finals hit. Mm. Something interesting because a lot of our players will be basically fit and fire and ready to go for the finals. Mm. All right. Well, we'll table, interesting. table that one for then, but I will get your thoughts finally before we move on to player votes on Quentin Narkle sparkles. Uh, Cause he did sparkle. He was brought on as a medical sub for Joel Selwood gained 12 disposals. 10 of those were contested, which was equal second on the ground, kicked a goal, put on two tackles, went at 91.7% efficiency and led the game with eight clearances. And all of that was in just 34% game time. Uh, First of all, what do you think, what did you think of the performance? I mean, there's not much, the stats kind of speak for themselves. Hmm. 
But where do you think this puts him? Do you think he sticks around and is a cat in 2022? Does, does this performance keep him at the, does stuff like this keep him at the cats or is it more likely that it piques the interest of other teams and he's not a cat in 2022? Where, where, where do you think, where do you think he's at Narkel? Oh, I think that was a really good performance by him. It's mm. something that we haven't seen of him the last few weeks. He's played pretty good footy when he has played, but I think this week, this week's game came out knew exactly what he needed to do. And he did it really well. He performed mm. Yeah, outstanding. But the stats don't lie. You can't get much better than that for 34% game time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I reckon it probably may have interest other clubs, mm. maybe. But I also think it would have also made the Cats more interested in him. And the Scott, yeah, we need to – I hope they lock him away. I hope they get, it, get him a new deal because there is definitely a spot for him in the team it's just a matter of when mm. and where it, it may be just a matter of time like, i'm sure you get more game time next year because selwood smith um, higgins dangerfield they're all you know they're in their 30s so mm. oh, mid like early 30s so they're not going to stick around for a, a whole lot longer mm. so there's definitely a spot there for him and if he does keep coming in every now and then and developing his game, working off these really good players, he could become the next really superstar of this team. Do that special stuff that he did on against Richmond. So yeah, I hope he stays. Hope he signs a contract at the end of the year. Mm. As we all know, he's put off talking about his contract mm. until the end of the year. Or wants, wants to focus on his footy, which is fair enough. But yeah. I'll, wouldn't be surprised if other teams are interested in what he's performing, what he's putting out. I'm not sure who would, mm. where he would go or who would be mm. one that would pick him up because, yeah, it's an interesting decision that will be that you have to make next year or at the end of this season. And my hopes are that he stays a cat and stays a cat for life because I think he can bring a lot to his team. Like the rat, he's got he's got that ability, and he's just got to get that time, game time, develop develop his skills. And we've seen it a few times this year of what he can do. But he's still still a young guy. He's still got to learn his craft and hone his skills. Like it's not it's not an easy game. And it's such a it's such a hard team to crack into Geelong mm. specific, specifically in the midfield I think but I mean now it's almost how do you earn your spot in this team how do you how do you push your way into the back line amongst Tom Stewart Lockie Henderson Jack Henry Mark Blixarves Adkins Buse um, I don't know if I said Collar Jasny or not but you know like and then in the midfield you've got Dangerfield, Selwood, Menegola, Cam Guthrie, Mitch Duncan when he's healthy, Isaac Smith, Patrick Dangerfield, Brandon Parfit. Um, and then Ford, yeah, well. Ford <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I forgot him entirely. And, and then, uh, you know, up Ford, Cameron, Rowan and Hawkins. And then Dahlhouse, Brian Myers is in the side. Um, Brad Close. Brad Close, exactly. Like it's 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 so hard, and I just think that's one of those things. Is you've 
you've got to know your worth as a player and you've mm. also got to know your situation. And, and I think sometimes patience, I think patience is a virtue. I think it, it you know, in, you've got to look around you and go, man, if I can crack into this team in the next year or two, you know, I'm, I'm really good. Yeah. You know, I, I know and, I will have reached my potential kind of thing if I can crack this team. And to be, to crack into the team already during this season with all this talent around is still a good effort and to be constantly coming back into the team, even, even as a medical sub is still really good. Like this, it shows that the cats are very keen on him to stay. Mm. You wouldn't just chuck him as a medical sub and then, and keep playing him when he need, when you need him to play and then just go, yeah, we don't want you anymore. At the end of the season, there's an obvious mm. want there from, from the cats to keep him there. So yeah, it'll be, it's one to watch, definitely. Mm. A lot of others like Clark, Constable, all them, the other ones mm. that would be a lot well, more interesting to keep an eye on. It's interesting because like I thought, for some reason I had in my mind that Duncan was out of contract, but he's not, he's signed through 2024. So I don't know where that information came from, but yeah, there, there are some interesting names on the, you know, the, the, the table who still haven't got a contract beyond this season, Jed Buse, Brad close. Um, these are guys who are in the team at the moment, Buse close Dangerfield, Cam Guthrie, uh, Lockie Henderson, Sean Higgins, Brian Myers, Narkle, Isaac Smith, and Reese Stanley. And then there's some other guys who aren't in the side at the moment. But, you know, there, there's a lot of names still to be signed. Like they've managed to mm. re-sign Atkins, DeConing, Jack Henry, Collajasny, Radigalier, and Salwood's got just the one-year extension through 2022. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting when it comes time to, to work yeah. out where everyone's going. Um well, we can definitely, I think a lot of those players will just sign on. Can't really see Buse, Guthrie, Close, Close. Smith, Higgins, um, Dangerfield. Can't really see any of them mm. going anywhere else. They're all pretty much definitely Buse. Buse is, mm. it'll be tough to see him go, but I don't think he would go at all. Um, close, he's having a really good year. Can't see him going. Why? Why would you go when you're getting mm. good quality games and really, you know, every I think he's missed a game this year. So be, I don't yeah. think he would go. Surely not. So it's just those fringe players, as with any other club, that they're just not getting that opportunity because may just may not just have that ability to crack in mm. to the team that may seek opportunity elsewhere and that's you know that's fair enough on them if they want to get that opportunity to play elsewhere and yeah they definitely should but still don't really want to see anyone leave the cats <laughs> no, of course not um of course not and you know there's there's a whole podcast we do about you know team building and how how the cats yeah. are going to go about this as they transition you know, there's, there's obviously a lot invested in experienced players and part of the thing about having so much experience in your team, one, you win a lot of games and two, some young guys end up going elsewhere for their footy and I don't think you should ever offer game time as as a contract incentive. 
for, for young players. No. To me, you you earn your spot and, you know, you don't just ditch experience um, lightly because it's hard to get back. All right, Johnny, let's get yes. into our votes, our player votes. I've got, I'll start with Sambo, who has messaged me his votes um, for the night. He's going with one vote, Patrick Dangerfield, who, again, had an excellent, excellent game. Um, Fantastic game. Yeah, he did. He really did. I was just going to see if I could pull up his stats. So he had um, 28 disposals, six marks, seven tackles, seven clearances, 518 metres gained, uh, which was second most on the ground behind Isaac Smith. And he also kicked a goal. So one vote to Dangerfield. He's going to give two votes to Atkins, who's just a tough, uncompromising um, backline player. And he had another typically Atkins-type game. Uh, and his three votes he gave to Big Sav, Big Sava Radigalia. Nice. His four goals from four goals straight too, which was really nice. No behinds, um, and just a, a bit, hopefully what turns out to be a bit of a breakout game for Radigalia. What about oh, you, Johnny? Crossed. What have you got? Oh, it's a tough one. Mm. You know, I'm gonna give one vote to Narkel. Nice. That was a pretty outstanding performance by. Sparkle, don't give a fuck or narkle. <laughs> <laughs> Two votes to Dangerfield. Two votes to Dangerfield. Okay. Another bloody outstanding game by Dangerfield. Mm. And a three I'm gonna give to the big Sav, the big rat. Ooh, what a not what a what a afternoon for big radical air. Wow. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to be not, not a party pooper, but um, my, mine are a little different, though there is one player that we all um, that we all just included. The just the one player, I believe, that we all got in our votes. Let me just double check that, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I went one vote to Cam Guthrie. Uh, nice. Led, led the, He's been playing great was, footy, just under the radar. Yeah, well, he had like 34 touches, so uh, seven marks. He's, been, he's averaged 30 the last few weeks, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been up there and, and like every week yeah. and, and, and sort of underrated, which is bizarre. Um, but I'm going to yes. give, him, give him a vote. I'm going to give two votes nice. to Tom Stewart. I got real like oh. an, not analytical here, but just like, okay, who, who are the players who are just playing their best every week? And Tom Stewart, for, here's your stats for him. This is essentially, you could essentially copy paste this stat line for Tom Stewart every game. 25 disposals, 20 of them are kicks, nine marks, a tackle, uh, 421 meters gained. Um, he had, what else was I looking for? Uh, 10 interceptions and 92% disposal efficiency so Ooh. he's he's a machine and sometimes that means 92 percent 92 percent and 20 of those were kicks and it's not like they're just little kicks either because he gained 421 <sighs> meters so i just think he he's so good and so consistently good that it's almost like we only notice now when he marks up you know like he had the yeah. off game against brisbane and it's like he's playing at an elite A plus level week in week out. So we we've become so numb to how good he is. Um, oh, I thought absolutely! It, thought it was time to give him some votes again. 
Yeah, he's, um, he's definitely going to get the third jumper jacket this year, or Australian jacket. Yeah. That'll be a tr- absolute... Oh, well, absolute disaster. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the AFL would be, would be just ridiculous if he didn't. Like, he's dominating everyone, every team. And my three votes... I'm giving to Patrick Dangerfield. Nice. So maybe we didn't all have one. We did, oh no, every, no, we did. Every, everyone danger had danger. Field. Yeah, and we all uh, had danger. So In yeah, one, two, three. And he's done really well for himself. Hadn't had a vote until week fourteen. In the last five games, he's gained nineteen votes in five games. So oh, yeah. he's made a he's made a climb uh, since he's hit his form again. So I'll update you. Imagine if he was in um in the team for the whole season and was playing like this. He'd be well, way out in front. <laughs> I, I think he wouldn't be playing like this if I, I really do believe yeah, that the absolutely. time out, the time on the sideline has refocused him um, for the for the game, for the love of the game and and, and his passion for footy, all that sort of stuff. Not his passion, but you just know, it's, his it's, commitment to do it's the basics. The, um narco. Clark, mm. um, close, and all those young guys coming into like putting that pressure on, going, mm. Oh, I can't just be a senior player and not play well and expect to keep my spot. Mm. You, you know, you see these players playing really well, and you go, oh, I've got to play really well to st- keep my spot. And and the injury obviously has refocused, and also I think the pressure of there's a lot of players that's, mm. that right in the cusp cups of taking your spot so yeah so he's he's been playing outstanding never a big huge fan of danger wasn't his number one fan but golly it's it's hard not to like him at the moment yeah it's my it's my favorite danger field season and i i think i am a danger field fan based on how he's played yeah um in 2021 yeah i've definitely jumped on the uh danger Wagon, yeah, <laughs> the danger train. Uh, so I'll update the danger you. Train. Danger zone. <laughs> update you on the standings of um, where we're at with the chaps chat cats team MVP votes for the uh, AFL men's season for the cats. Uh, we've got Joel Selwood on thirty nine votes, followed closely. Thirty nine for a while, hasn't he? Yes, indeed. And he's followed, he's only now got a one point lead over Tom Stewart, who's on 38. Then you've got Cam Guthrie back on 31 points in third. Brandon Parfit and Zach Tui still locked in a two way tie for fourth on 21. Gary Rowan on 20 votes there and closely followed by Dangerfield on 19 and Jack Henry with 18. So, bit of a log jam there between fourth and you know, seventh or eighth there as well. So mm. close things to run and clo- close at the top too. Uh, and with that, I will wheel in the horse. Bring on the horse and laser. We get your tutorials, we get your lollies, uh, a spray from the coach. Absolutely. You get your cordial, you get your lollies, uh, a spray from the coach. That's what half times about. Is indeed what half times about. Some news off the top um, for you. Just a reminder, I guess. The uh, the cats 
women's team. We've got the AFLW draft happening uh, on Tuesday night, Tuesday, 27th of July. Uh, the Cats hold three picks in the top 10. They have picks two, seven, and nine. And if you want to get up to speed, I saw on Twitter, Sarah Black, who's one of the chief analysts uh, of the AFLW, um, you can follow her on Twitter at underscore SJ Black. She wrote a great uh, draft sort of primer, uh, Sarah Black's 2021 Phantom Draft, and some exciting pick predictions there for the Cats. So I'd say go and get that in you if you want to prep for the to watch the draft tomorrow, which I think you said is going to be live streamed, was it, Johnny, on the AFLW yeah, site? On the- and the AFLW Apple site, it's going to be live streamed at 6.45 Eastern t- um, time, standard yeah. time, Eastern Perfect. standard time. Awesome. Well, hopefully we, we might even exciting. do a little bit of a mini pod about that, depending on how the uh, the mood takes us and that sort of thing. And if not, we'll definitely cover it in um, next week's episode as well. Absolutely uh, st- exciting, exciting times for the W side. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm psyched for the for the season to come. Um, no news on the VFL W or VFL M front. We still I haven't heard when that's going to kick back into action. So the the women's still waiting for their opportunity to have a go at the Bombers in a prelim final for the right to take on Collingwood in the grand final. Johnny, uh, you had a couple of bits of information first of all about the membership for the cats yes cats membership have reached 70,000 members which is amazing pretty outstanding um Mm. but i think it was 14 years ago they were saying they had 30,000 and now they're ecstatic that that's been a decline up to 70,000 over 14 years which is Pretty exceptional, especially during um, the time this, these times that mm. all the members have stuck around. So good on your members. Um, absolutely fantastic to support this great, great team. Also, the charges have come out. Tommy Stewart, your boy, is being charged with rough conduct on a dangerous oh. tackle against Jake Arts. What? Um, uh, three thousand dollar fine, which will oh. be a two thousand sanction with an early plea. <laughs> and Franklin, the AFL have finally decided to ban someone. They finally got the balls and the absolute balls to actually go. We don't want that in the game. And instead of just piss farting around, going here's a fine, have actually banned the Lance Franklin for a wayward elbow strike to the head of the Fremantle player. So he's gone for a week. That's uh, like we said, like even though it would have cost my boy, Tommy Stewart a week, like what are we doing with the fines? Anyway, we had this conversation a few episodes ago. So if you want to hear, (laughs) Um, we can can talk about that for for so long. Have we we said it's an easy fix, just ban stuff you don't want in the game. It's that easy. Joel Selwood, um, oh yeah, injury news. All the information I could find was that it, it is just a corked thigh. They're just, well, um, they're hopeful that he'll be able to play against North Melbourne 
Mm -hmm. but uh, obviously he's going to have to pass a fitness test later on during the week. So that's a wait and see for Joel Selwood, but just a corked thigh. Well, that's good news for, for Selwood. Um, just saw here yeah. about the membership too. They um, Geelong. Uh, this is off the Geelong Footy Club website saying Geelong is well on its way to its target of reaching 100,000 members by 2025 having exceeded 70,000 for the first time in its history. So that would be pretty That's, incredible to see 100,000 members incredible. by 2025. Um, and I feel like we, we've, we've actually got, you know, multiple people in the States um, onto the Cats. I know David is a fully-fledged, you know, Cats member um, yep. over there in Oklahoma. And, you know, we've got um, big Mike, over in um, Rome, Georgia, who's playing footy now and, and supporting the cats and stuff like, go I feel Michael, like go David, good on yeah, you. The, go the, to cats. It's growing, and you know, as we said the other yeah. day, you know, the chaps, our our even our you know small but growing audience, you know, is not just here in Australia. It's in the US. It's in the uh the us it's in the uk it's in germany it's in ireland it's in brazil it's really cool to think about all these cats fans around the world and yeah. I, I think they will get to 100,000 members um by 2025 it's it's really exciting it is really exciting um i have to sign up yeah exactly oh i, I actually I've, I've got to get one for both the women's and the men's i've got to do my bit absolutely I've got to do my bit yeah um, we're, we're letting the, uh, the team down. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things. Where, yeah. On the money um, side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I went, I went we're to... Bring, we're bringing uh, more fans in, hopefully. Through I went, podcast, I went but... to do it. And then uh, COVID hit ahead of the 2020 season. And I was like, wow. Uh, yeah. Not everyone can afford it. No, and that's true. That is a, that is also a truism. Not everyone can afford it, and it's you know there are there are a lot of ways to support your club outside the membership. But the membership is is amazing to think that there's seventy thousand yeah. people out there, and that that's the first time it's hit. It's a really massive so, achievement. Yeah, that's a pretty massive achievement, and hopefully no one's just doing it because they think it's an obligation to do it. No, it's you're doing that's it right. because you love the club and. If you can't afford it, then you know, just no one's going to shame you for not being a member. Yeah, exactly. But and and it's actually a, a bunch of good um, different alternatives. So if you go on the Geelong Cats website, yeah. like the, there's all sorts of there's all types of memberships. You know, like you don't have to sign up for, you know, some sort of massive you know one there's there's all sorts of different shapes and sizes for different folks and 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 your yeah. different footy um you know your ability to commit to different things i mean obviously david's got one for over there in oklahoma so he can watch the games live and that sort of thing and there's ones for the aflw there's ones for kids so um yeah it's really good it's a good setup um all right let's have a look at where am i going next on the show um, I've got one. I've got one before we get into our last segment. Um, I want to do a quick Eddie Maguire of the week. Don't know if you've got one, but I've got one. I was trying to think. Do I have no? I don't think I really do. All right, I'll play the gym. it's hard to find a, a wanker <laughs> in lockdown. It is, yeah, it is. It's hard to get out. Well, Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire. Wanker. Wanker. Eddie Maguire. Wanker. 
Maguire. Eddie Maguire. Colin with just a sterling uh, job on the it's, edit there. It's like um it's like it was never named after someone before that. You could <laughs> never tell unless you go back and listen to an earlier podcast. Yeah, we, we definitely didn't uh, use a different name. Um, no. <laughs> so my, my one, I can think of a few wankers of the week uh, to do with lockdown, actually. Um, sure, we all could. A few, few thousand of them uh, in the streets up in Sydney. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, the one I want to focus on is people on Twitter today bitching and moaning. Oh, Ariana Titmus, the swimmer, who just, you know, yeah. won a gold medal. I didn't actually get to see the race, but I saw the aftermath. Um, you know, just performs brilliant. Australian? Yeah, Australian. Uh, won the 400 metre, I yeah. think. Something 400 metres. I don't know. I haven't, listen, I was at work all day. I know that she won. And this is what happened. She won gold. Good on her. Yes. Fantastic. Dean Boxall her coach, when she wins, he celebrates like a man possessed. He runs around pumping the air. He's up in the, up in the stands and he, he grabs the barrier. He grabs the barrier and looks like he's about to thrust his manhood into the cosmos. He's like pelvic thrusting and shaking the barrier. It's absolutely (laughs) amazing. And we've got all these fucking killjoys on Twitter saying that oh that it was you know classic example of you know a man you know making it all about him and overshadowing the woman's accomplishments and blah 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 and i'm here to say get fucked what if you that if you think that a, a guy like that who's been involved in helping this woman achieve her dreams he's been there like can't be excited and expressive when she achieves her goal. He's excited for her. Yeah. Like, what, you, what, what do you want to see him just sitting there, arms crossed? Oh, exactly. Oh, emotionless. What if she looked up and saw that uh, emotionless coach going, oh, wasn't he happy that I've achieved my goal? Should I've done, should I've done better? It's, when you see it, a coach <sighs> celebrating like that, ecstatic, going nuts, that's it's got to go, yes. It's outrageous, John. Oh, it's, it's just ridiculous. That it's like the people going on about Chris Scott celebrating oh, goal after Byron. Yeah. yeah. When, oh, what a why can't coaches celebrate great moments for their team, with their team? There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. If you're excited, don't let, don't just bottle up your emotions and yeah. pretend you're not happy. You, you know, for all I care, go nuts. Lose and- your shit. Uh, and, and thrust a, a billboard or you know, <laughs> lean was, over like in the country football and smash the side the yeah. sign. He was no, going just... off. And it was great. And it, and it's one of those yeah, things too. He was crying, he was in tears with her afterwards, you know, when she got her medal and that sort of stuff. And I just think, what where are we at as a society? We're put like we're even nitpicking this. Like the fact mm. that a coach is celebrating that the you know that the athlete they've helped has won. Like, give me a break, Twitter. Get out of your own asshole. Christ. Um, do you have one, John? Uh, uh, no, I'll, I'll go with you there. Like, All right. Or we don't see enough enough coaches 
celebrating good moments. Mm. Like when you when Sydney won, I think it was against the Giants. When Longmire was shedding a tear and you know mm. really excited about that, that was really good to see. It was when you see a coach that is that invested in your team that they get that emotional about the team, the person, whatever they're doing. It just shows how much commitment they've got to that team, to that mm. person, whatever they're doing. It just shows they're there 100% as all everyone else is, as the fans are. It just shows that, yeah, they're there and they're putting all their blood, sweat and tears into the same thing that everyone else is, mm. regardless of their team or a single person performance. It's, it just shows that they're, they're there for you. They're, and it's like, well, yeah, so what, what else do you want them to do? Just sit there, emotionless, mm. and go, yep, up the hands, well done, next thing. <laughs> exactly. No, no, totally, uh, totally with you, mate. It's, it's, I, yeah. I can't believe it. It's, no. Nah. Um, all right. So we move on now to our final segment of the, uh, of the afternoon, evening episode <laughs> morning whatever time and, and, you're listening to this episode and that is and also if you're enjoying this episode um please go and and give us a, a subscribe to the podcast first of all in whatever app you listen to but if you happen to listen on apple Podcasts, well why don't you go on down and give us a five-star rating you can find it on the podcast page on apple podcasts um Pop a five star give a four rating. And a half. Yeah, give us a four and a half. We'll we'll take four, four and a half, and and give we'll us a anything. give us a review. Pop a review in there. Look, I'll say this: if you give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, a written review there, you can leave a question in there. Leave a question mm. in there. Leave some whatever in there, and we'll read it out. Any any review or question that gets left with a five star rating. We'll read out on the podcast. That's what we're anything. Do. Anything you like, as long as it comes with a five star rating and it's not absurdly yeah. coarse, we'll read it out on the uh, <laughs> on the episode. Yeah. Um, and share us with your friends. If you've got a cat's, you know, mate who you think you know might like the chaps, give us a recommendation. That's all we ask. Uh, all right. Yeah. So we finally reached our our. Final segment of the show, and it's who you're poaching. Mail sack. Who you're who poaching. poaching. That's right. What and the question went out last episode and on Twitter, on, on the socials. This was the listener homework. If you could poach one player from the AFL to play with the cats in 2022, you don't have to think about the salary cap, whoever you get. The, the salary cap works in this fantasy land. You can get anybody you want. Who were you taking? What one player? And we've had, again, Johnny, just an excellent response from the listeners. Excellent um, response. And I hope you've been having a bit of a think about yours. I've been having a little bit of a think about mine. It's, it's a having, few, having a think. few options. Um, so let's first of all start off with some listener submissions let's start with david over there in the oklahoma panhandle uh and he has suggested uh gold coast suns midfielder 
is it Matt Rao? Matt Rao? I've got Rao. Yeah, Matt, Matt Rao. Rao. Matt Rao. Rao. Matt yes. Rao. Matt Rao. He liked him, a young midfielder, gritty kind of um, player. Uh, I really liked that pick. I, I sort of thought mm, he would be great to pick. get him in there and learn under Joel Selwood for another couple of seasons. Uh, um, yeah, I'd be up for Matt Rao. Absolutely. That's a good one. I like uh, that. I'll clump a couple of these together mm. because there's there's a bit of a theme to one of them. Um, we also had suggestions uh, from Liam, uh, Liam Scahill. Uh, I think Liam is one of our Irish listeners. I'm just making a guess, but I'm pretty sure he is. Tell me if I tweet at us if I'm totally wrong, Liam. Um, and feel free. Top feel, of the morning to you, potatoes, <laughs> Irish, feel, saying, oh, Irish, stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, good one. Nice, Johnny. Johnny knows how to make the listener feel included by just throwing a yep. few, you know, derogatory Guinness. cultural stereotypes. Um, uh, no, Liam, uh, we interact a bit on Twitter. So slap me in the face on Twitter if I've got the, the pronunciation of your name wrong there. Liam Scahill. Um, Zach Bailey is his suggestion there from the Brisbane Lions, which I quite like. If we have, he's, he's another young gun. He's only played four yeah. seasons in the AFL. He's um, having a great season this year, a bit of a, uh, a breakout season, really. He's played 18 matches, so he's going to eclipse his previous matches played, which was uh, 19 last season. Um, he's already had 202 kicks for th- uh, 328 disposals, 59 marks, 46 tackles. He's kicked 24 goals in his 18 games. So a bit of a midfield slash forward Ooh. presence. I quite like that pick as well. I like that one. That's a good one. He's Yeah, he's having a good game. Good year. Zach Bailey. Here is name a fair bit. Yeah, you do. And uh, we had Simon uh, contact us on Instagram. We actually had some good submissions. Oh, the Grams. From, oh, yeah, from the Gram this week. Normally it's Twitter, but this week we had a few in the uh, Gram inbox. We had Simon suggest Olivia Purcell for the AFLW side. Just go and poach. <laughs> yeah. I'm in agreement. Go and Just poach. Bring it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. Um, Jared Fox, also from the Instagram, had a good little chat with Jared there. Regular listener. Um, Oh, thanks, Jared. Foxy. Yeah, Foxy. Um, he suggested Sam Walsh. What does the fox say? <laughs> well, he the fox <laughs> says Sam Walsh. <laughs> um, Sam Walsh from Carlton, who I think would be a great... I mean, that would be... A, you talk about poaching. That's like literally going oh. to another bird's nest and stealing their young if you take Sam Walsh from Carlton. What is, what is, that, what is that bird? The bear or bird? Where they fly into the nest and kick the egg out and then just lay their egg and oh the cuckoo the off. cuckoo yeah yeah the cuckoo that's yeah it. yeah that's right <laughs> that's what that would be that's like ripping the spleen out of Carlton just go yeah. oh yeah we're just gonna no. take it <laughs> yeah but do you know how we've just you know got sick to and fucking missing a few we're, we're just back again give us yeah just Sam take Sam Walsh Oh, that'd be that would be an excellent yeah. person uh, player to get. That would be like that secures be... 
the future talent of the midfield there, I think. Absolutely. Um, another one kind of in a similar vein, and this was uh, also from uh, another Twitter one. This is from Dog Hungry Podcast. Um, Dog Hungry, woof, woof. Yes, Dog Hungry. Go and listen to them if you want to have a listen to some Bulldogs uh, independent podcast content. Uh, Dog Hungry on Twitter and Facebook. Um, you've got, they've suggested Took Miller from the Gold Coast Suns Ooh, yes. to the Cats. I definitely. Gold Coast players. Mm. Well, mm. let's, let's, I'm, I'm over the Gold Coast as a franchise. Let's pillage them for parts, shall we? Let's pillage them some more. <laughs> That's what they're good for, aren't they? Absolutely. Solution. Yeah. Send the long boats up. You know, <laughs> you know, get our Viking on. That's row right. Row up to the Gold Coast. Just take Matt Rowell right. and Took Miller. Took yep. Miller. I watched him play. Uh, I can't remember which game it was. Whether it was the Brisbane game. I can't remember. There was a game a few weeks ago where he had you know forty touches or something. And it was just he was everywhere. Such a slick player. Yeah, he's he's very slick. There's a lot of talk about. Talk, Miller. Mm, indeed. Uh, so we'll go now. These these ones are sort of themed, Johnny. Ooh, um, theme. bit of a theme, and and it is interesting to note that a lot of these other ones, a lot of suggestions for young talent. Took Miller, Sam Walsh, yeah. Zach Bailey. Um, who else did we have? Matt Rowell all in that young kind of category, all, all the sort of young midfield. So that's somewhere, something obviously that the, 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 the listeners at home are identifying as a, as a spot of need uh, in the future, which makes sense with a lot of our midfield brigade yeah. sort of being the other side of 30. Absolutely. But this is another area that multiple listeners, what do we got? One, two, three, four, at least four or five listeners here made these suggestions so we had scotty on twitter thanks scotty um said scotty brody grundy ruckman from Collingwood. Oh, yeah. yeah that'd be a good one uh we had on instagram mitch hammer now he either suggested sam weedering as cover for henderson when he retires and also it means we don't have to have Sam Wiedering match up on Tom Hawkins when we play the Blues. Yes. <laughs> that's, or, that's a good point. He uh, silenced the, mm, the oils. The oils. Yeah, big oils. Um, he tapped him. The other... <laughs> you've come out with some good ones tonight, John. I'm very appreciative. Oh, um, the other suggestion he made, and this leads into the, the broader point of this position, is Max Gorn. And that same suggestion was made by Danders Danderfield and Justin de Blasio. Apologies if I've mispronounced your name, Justin, but it was a good opportunity to, you know, get accentuated with my pronunciation. Justin de Blasio. De Blasio. De Blasio. It's a soccer player. De Blasio. De Blasio. De Blasio. I hope we have pronounced it right anyway, because it's fun to pronounce. Um, Absolutely. So they both suggested Max Gorn as well. So this is an issue. And obviously, shout out to Danders, who won our trivia trivia on the show, not to bring up painful memories for you, Johnny. Absolutely Um, smoked us. So Max Gorn, 
and, and Brody Grundy. These all fit this ruck thing. This, what do you think? Do you think there's an issue with the ruck at the moment for the Cats? What are you? Where are you at with this? Oh, ruck's never really been our strong point mm. for all, but, um, in this last decade. We never really had a what they'll say is the typical ruckman. Like mm. We've used Blixas, tried um, West and Fort out. Now Stanley's sort of taken that number one role, but he's still not as just a stock standard ruck. He's more of that ruck forward type person. Mm. I don't think it's the way we've the way we've set up with Stanley and Hawkins and Blixas. So I don't think we really do need a that ruck type player. I think we've mm. adapted really well. Like Stanley obviously takes the center. He's gotten, I think his ruck work has gotten much better over this mm. season. Like he's competing with some good ruckmen, mm. like against Nan Curvis. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when he comes up against the other top end ruckmen, he does struggle a bit. But it hasn't really hurt us too much. But I can see it happening. At some point, it could really hurt us. But, yeah, it's not one that I think we need to rush out and feel too urgently. Mm. I think Stanley's doing a pretty admirable job. And Flixavs, Hawkins, they do their role as well. So, yeah, I can see, yeah, definitely there with them. It is probably a weakest point. But, you know, it's a weak point in a fairly complete outfit. Mm. It's like a, a, that's like a, a, a wooden jumper with a, a tiny thread hanging out somewhere you can just you know tuck away pretty easily and you know pad over it and Mm. work around it and we're working around it really well so i think um all great suggestions i would say i would you know like like i think all of all the listener submissions we thank the listener for their input um that was was a good response see now we come to a crucial moment in the show john where you Yes. And I have to reveal our player that we would poach if we could from another club. So who do you have? I was thinking of a Giants player. I was thinking Phil Davis. Mm, interesting. Giants. I feel like he's another, another he'd be a good uh, backman. I feel like he would slot in fairly well with Tommy Stewart, mm. Jack Henry, Atkins and all that, and be a good cover for him. Henderson does finish up because mm. he's similar type player to Henderson takes on a big role can also ball back take good marks underrated player I believe and I, I think he'll be a nice a fit for the Cats so I'll, I'll take Phil Davis mm. well every, everyone sort of thought I was going to go with Tom Papley um, which that would be fun yeah. but I also sort of feel like our forward line is pretty good you don't I don't mean, want to be obvious no, it was the obvious choice. That's right. I, I need I need to be able to pivot, and there's some other players I considered. Um, but you know, in some ways, we've already addressed the needs that I think that these players would have addressed. You know, I had a look at Anthony McDonald, yeah. Tip, and Woody, but I kind of feel yeah. like our forward pressure has been quite good this year. I don't know that we need that. Um, so so, so it's, it's it's hard to pick. It is where we do need that extra person because we are so they are such a complete unit it's like where the where would we chuck this person in that we just you know rip out of another team (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah who would who 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 would you go with who's the man 
Well, I am going to poach. I'm going to agree with David. I'm going to poach Matt Rowell from the Gold Coast Suns. Oh, nice. I, I really believe that that dude is destined for a great career. And I think give him a couple of years to learn under Joel Selwood, learn the craft. And I think he's, you know, barring health, uh, the, I guess the, the risk is the health factor, but I also think, yep. you know, he, maybe he can overcome that, but I don't know. I just, uh, Matt Rowell or, or Sam Walsh, I guess as well, but I yep. really like the cut of Matt Rowell's jib. Um, personally good got a great jib great jib um took miller i'd, I'd be equally happy I, I guess my pick would be one of those young premier mm. midfielders who are just coming into their sort of power um nice. i'll take think, anyone any of the suggestions i was just trying to think for some reason i feel like took miller's been around forever but i but i don't think he has 2014 okay so he's, he's, 2015 so yeah. he's five or six years um, so he's in the prime of his career, only 25 years old. Um, yeah, he's at that prime time. Now, the other one I was thinking of, um, I did have an alternate one to think about, but now it's sort of slipped my mind. So, but no, I'll, I'll, I'll go Matt Rowell. I'll go Matt Rowell, nice. but there, there, like there's definitely a lot of other good players out there um, to consider if, if we could poach someone. Oh, no, that's what I was going to do. You fool, Jake. You fool. You fool. It's Matt Rowell for the AFL men's team, but I'm going to yes. double that. I'm going to give you an AFLW pick as well. Um, I would go and I would poach Aaron Phillips from the Adelaide Crows. Oh, nice. I, I know she, I think she had an injury to end the season, I think in the finals, yeah, I think. I believe oh, so. Was it in the grand final? I can't remember. But anyway, um, I would poach Aaron Phillips and I would try and lock her in for the best three, four, five year contract I could that includes a transition into coaching because I think she that's has so much to offer. So, yeah, that's 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 what I would do. I felt the old pick, um, the name Sabrina Duffy from Fremantle. Oh, yeah, good good call. I yes. That's something we're missing, a good mm. small midfield uh, attack um, forward yeah. player. I think she yeah. would fit in nice. She'll, she'll be a good player for the Cats. 100%. Pretty sure it's Sabrina Duffy. Yeah, no, you're right, Sabrina Duffy. You are correct. Um, yeah, you, utility player. Yeah, I remember. Yes. Definitely remember Sabrina Duffy. Um, yeah, absolute gun. All right, well, we'll absolute come up with another. Gun. Well, I don't, I don't have another listener um, bit of homework this week, but I might put one out on Twitter. Um, just don't have one to announce right at the minute, but we'll have yeah. a think. We'll put one out on Twitter. No, uh, we'll have a think. We'll endeavour to do a live show uh, for Week 20's game. Uh, Cats travelling down to Blundstone Arena to take on the Kangaroos in Tassie at 1.15pm this Saturday, 31st of July. Johnny, thanks for coming on the show, as always. No worries. Doing the, doing the pod. and uh, Happy birthday for tomorrow. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Big Appreciate three it. One. Big 3-1. No worries. Big three one, happy birthday. You send a birthday wish to Mesh on Twitter. Go cats!
Go cats. Oh. So you're ready to turn 31? Absolutely. Couldn't be more ready, Good John. Stuff. Couldn't be more ready. Couldn't be more ready. Yeah. Get ready. Nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's the same. <laughs> yeah, that was sort of my expectation. But yeah. the more the more birthdays you have, the more you realise it doesn't change that much. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> oh boy. Age is a number. It is. <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. Age, <laughs> age is a number. Should put that age in is song, a song lyrics. Well, age should put is on a, a poster. Number. Yeah. One of those inspirational, inspirational cat posters. Poster. <laughs> <laughs> age is just a number. With a hot, yeah, I don't know what the graphic would be. What would the picture you put on it be? Maybe just a countdown clock to a grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't believe I can't believe we're already at week twenty. Where did the no, season no, that's go? Been so fast, it's, it's insane. Gone very quickly. Go no, cats. Second on the ladder. Go cats. 